All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, March 27th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, huge, huge opening weekend at the box office. This was thrilling. John Wick Chapter 4 came in and just took over, and we're both excited about it. So, Clayton, can you give us a plow for the John Wick weekend of Friday, March 24th? Number one, John Wick Chapter 4, $73.5 million in its first weekend. Number two, Shazam! Fury of the Gods made $9.7 million, down 68%. It is... Uh, at a running total of $46.3 million in its second weekend. Number three, Scream 6 made $8.4 million, down 52%. It lost 321 theaters. It is now at $89.8 million in its third weekend. Number three, Creed 3 made $8.3 million, down 46%. It lost 270 theaters. It's at $140.8 million in its fourth frame. And number five is 65. They made $3.2 million, down 44%. It lost 619 theaters. It's at $27.8 million in its third frame. All right, Clayton, this weekend, what we had was a tale of two sequels. We had the fourth John Wick opened up, and that went one way. And then we had the second weekend of Shazam 2. And that went a completely different way. What we saw here was the different ways that sequels could go. They could go up to the heavens like John Wick Chapter 4, or they could plummet into the trash the way Shazam 2 has. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about John Wick Chapter 4. That's your champion. That's your your big box office story. But Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Uh, let, let's, let's bury this thing for good because this weekend... Some big news was that Zachary Levi, the star of Shazam 2, he went out there and he was begging people to go. I can't remember uh, a more pathetic act from a supposed lead of a movie than, of course, when Dwayne The Rock Johnson went out on Twitter and declared that the financiers had said that Black Adam was, in fact, profitable. Zachary Levi. mm -hmm. About that Thunderbolt. Something about that Thunderbolt makes people crazy. It really does. That should be the next DC movie is about someone putting on that Thunderbolt suit and then completely blowing whatever star power they previously had. Because that is what yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson did with Black Adam, which was a failure. I said that for weeks and weeks on the show. And then, of course, Zachary Levi begging people to see Shazam, saying it's a family film, saying it is better than the reviews say it is chastising people pretty much for not going to see this. He comes off angry. He comes off pathetic. I mean, could there be a more anti-advertisement for seeing a film than whatever it was Zachary Levi has been doing to promote Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods? I just think now with social media, it's like, why? Why is anybody on social media other than for purely positive purposes uh-huh right like who has who would not just say to him give me your phone right give me your phone for a week right give me your phone for two weeks right right, right. they should have done it with billy eichner 
They should have done it with The Rock, and they should have done it with Chuck. Yes. Okay? Yes. Because this kind of begging makes you look bad. It makes you look pathetic. Like, I I just don't understand. The impulse control is so low on these individuals. Yes. Right? He doesn't have a group chat with his buddies where he can text and be like, Yo, people should see my movie. It's a family movie. It's better than the reviews. Right, right. And all the fr- all his buddies would be like, "You're right, bro. You got it, bro." Right, right. Just text that. It sucks, to, bro. Text that to Zach Braff and to Tom Cavanaugh from Ed, and it's the three guys who we all confuse with one another are texting each other like, "Go see Shazam: Fury of the Gods. It's better than." critics say and then you've got zach braff replying to that thread hey go see a good person starring my ex florence Pugh. it should have opened in the top 10 instead of opening at number 11 and then yeah, tom zach cavanaugh braff- from ed could reply to that hey i'm tom cavanaugh from ed remember me and the yeah. whole thread they're just texting each other they're not out there tweeting they're not out there TikToking. it's just on a three-person thread amongst three guys who everyone thinks is the other person yeah, Zach Braff could be like, I should be John Krasinski. Yes. John Krasinski sucks. I should be John Krasinski. But he's not going to say that. He's not going to say that. I'm, in yeah. public, on a TikTok video, he's going to text it to the guy from Ed and the guy from Chuck. Yes. That's what you do. Yes. You idiots. Yes. This yes. makes you look stupid. And how do you not know? I think maybe it's just that bubble. You know, he, he's he got to be seeing the He's in that D.C. Now. bubble. He's in that D.C. Yeah. bubble with The Rock. And so he thought what The Rock did, tweeting that Black Adam is now profitable. I talked to the financier. Zachary Levi might have thought that's the way you handle starring in a big movie. And Well, The, the, the Rock is so low on the, on the food chain now that Zachary Levi feels like he can come for him. Yes, yes. In Zachary fact, Levi the- is calling him out and saying, I wasn't. And this is something we knew happened. Right. We said happened. Right. But then it was confirmed by Scott Mendelson. Yep. Yep. Scott Mendelson of Forbes wrote a great article about not Forbes. How, not Forbes. I'm sorry, of the rap, formerly of Forbes, but he he he's now a senior writer for the rap and he wrote an article yeah. there. About he's FOF, how, formerly of Forbes. Yep. Remember and, that. And wrote an article about how, of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson not only sabotaged his own Black Adam movie but also did things that did not help Shazam Fury of the Gods. And Zachary Levi called him out for it. You know, that mm-hmm. that is that is what's going on over at DC. They're sniping at each other. Shazam Fury of the Gods is a outright disaster. So this movie dropped 68% in its second weekend. It made $9.7 million. It barely beat out the third weekend of Scream 6 and the fourth weekend of Creed 3. I mean, well, just, over um, the weekend, over the weekend... Scream was going to be the number two movie in America. Right, right, right. And and I think that the thing with Scream 2 is so much of that audience crosses over with John Wick 4 because it's an R-rated movie. You know, it, it's got violence in it. So a lot of that audience by Sunday was starting to go see John Wick 4 and Shazam Fury, the gods, was able to keep from the embarrassment of dropping to third or fourth place in its second weekend. So I guess good on that. Maybe the, maybe the begging of audiences to go helped Zachary Levi 
after all. But this movie is well, an outright that's exactly disaster. What I said. It's exactly it's what I said. So I was exactly right about this top five. Yeah. I was exactly right. And I knew that it would it was going to be close. It ended up not being as close as they were calling it. Mm-hmm. But Shazam did manage to only drop in the 60s, the high 60s, dodging that 70 which the 70 looks very bad. 60s yeah. are bad, but 70 is worse. I mean, 68% is an is a insanely bad drop, especially for nowadays when, when the drop but should we're be seeing, this high. This, this we're is seeing, pretty bad. But this is going to be a standard superhero drop now. This is going to be a standard non-Batman, non-Spider-Man drop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to see these superhero movies drop like a stone at 68, 71. Right. These right. are going to be standards now. Right. Right. Yeah. This... It's going to be the outlier that's going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy that's going to drop maybe fifty nine. Right. 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 That's true. I mean, like we've said, the, this genre is on the decline, but I think Fury of the Gods is even going to be more so than a normal superhero movie. I mean, this is just a full on disaster. This movie is going to possibly end up making less money than the film Cocaine Bear. That is mm. where we are at with Shazam Fury of the Gods. That after two weeks, this movie's made $46 million. Cocaine Bear has made $62 million after five weeks. We are looking at a world in which Shazam 2 does not make $62 million. I think that is now very much in play, that Shazam Fury of the Gods makes under 62 or at least under the 65 or so that cocaine bear will end up topping out at. Well, that's a, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. It is. We'll talk about it in our preview episode coming up, Mm -hmm. but Dungeons and Dragons is coming out next weekend. Yes. And that is a movie that looks like I haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. but there's been reviews out that people are really enjoying this movie. Mm -hmm. It looks like it does what Shazam was trying to do Mm -hmm. way better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be a funny action adventure that's more light right it's got dragons like shazam for some reason has right right and i think this movie is gonna completely eat shazam's lunch in a way that will send this movie plummeting 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 all right well we will get to that on our preview episode later in the week but now let's get into the main event the number one movie in America, John Wick, Chapter 4, starring Keanu Reeves, $73.5 million, a franchise record for the yep. John Wick movies. I mean, this is incredible that a franchise keeps going up and up and up in the box office. And uh, yeah, I mean, this this is the highest R-rated film opening I think since the pandemic, has there been a higher R-rated? Because I'm seeing that it's the highest R-rated opening since Joker, which would have been back in fall 2019 with like 90 million. No, the 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 closest is Halloween Ends, which opened in the 40s. Okay, wow, wow, and then wow, this wow. is the biggest Lionsgate opening post-pandemic. Wow. Wow. And probably the biggest Lionsgate opening po- other than the Hunger Games movies, I would assume. This has got to be the biggest of the normal, the Lionsgate usual types of movies, bigger than your saws, bigger than your genre films. 
Yeah, seventy three is is big. It, it didn't reach. I mean, you went as high as ninety. Right? I went as high as ninety, but you know, on these preview episodes, sometimes we just go Gonzo and well, yeah. And I went into the eighties, right? And I'm going to tell you what, Pat. Okay. I think something undercut this opening weekend, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'm going to use a personal anecdote uh, to drive this home. Okay. But also, we do have a, a statement from Anthony D. D is for Disney, Alessandro, about okay. this topic. Okay. Is that I think this would have opened higher if there were more PLFs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because I personally, we had this conversation by the water cooler at the uh, complex, the B.O. Boys complex. Yeah, it's a full complex now. I, I want to see this movie, but I only want to see this movie in theaters if I can see it on a PLF. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in some parts of the country, the availability of these screens is low. Mm-hmm. So somebody is going to be like, well, I know the first weekend is going to be sold out. But I want to see this in IMAX. I want to see this in 4DX. Mm-hmm. I want to see this in Dolby, right? Rumble and they'll seat. wait. Mm-hmm. They'll wait. They'll wait until Monday. They'll wait until Tuesday. I mean, I think the legs on this thing is going to be great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I think that we have a serious problem, and we've said this over and over again, and we've said this continuously, and we probably said it first. Mm-hmm. That there's not enough PLFs in this country. Mm-hmm. You need to convert buildings. You need to convert stadiums. You need yes. to convert places like the other theaters. Break down these small theater screens and just create bigger theater screens with better seats and better sound and better picture and yes. more IMAXs because people are going to want that sort of luxury yes yes everybody says people are too expensive it's too expensive to go to the theater that's why people don't go it's too expensive for what you get Mm. that's the problem it's not Mm. too expensive overall it's too expensive for what you get Mm. Mm -hmm. preach preach that was a soft cut the shit right there i'll say we haven't cut the shit in a long time and that may not have been a hard cutting of the shit, but that was a soft cut the shit that you just did right there. Would you say that's more of a carrot than a stick? That is, uh, there was some stick in that cut the shit, but, but no, you had some carrot in there too. You definitely ate some carrot and then you cut the shit, but I agree this, this, this film would have done bigger numbers with more IMAX screens for sure. Cause that is how people want it. And listen, this movie did 73.5 million which yeah, was like great. a 25% increase, 30% increase on its third in the series. This is a gigantic opening weekend. What we're saying is this could have been 90 to 100 million if just mm-hmm. we had PLFs on every corner in the United States of America. And this is what Anthony was saying. IMAX and PLFs are driving 38% of ticket sales. In regards to admissions, intelligence reports that over a third of the pick's foot traffic has been in IMAX, PLF, and 40X locations at a ratio that high. And as the box office comes back from the pandemic, we just need more of these auditoriums. No, 
Yes, of course we do. Yes, Anthony of course we do. Yes, yes, and that that is classic Anthony D'Alessandro trying to um, say it as gently as possible, not offend anybody, not you know, not piss anyone off. And that is Anthony D'Alessandro's bag, you know, because he's got to be out there on the streets talking to everyone. But he asks, "We just need some more of these auditoriums." No. And for Anthony D'Alessandro, that is equivalent to him screaming from the top of a rooftop, build more premium screens, build more IMAXs. That no question mark is a guttural scream when it comes to the language of Anthony D. D is for Disney D'Alessandro. That's as as close to the stick as he gets unless he's defending Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. Yes. Well, D is also for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and of it's for course. DC, and it's for Disney, and it's for Disney yeah. Plus. So mm-hmm. we need more of these screens. This would have driven John Wick to an even crazier level, but this is a amazing opening weekend. This franchise is just getting bigger and more beloved every series. So, Clayton, one thing we chatted about at the water cooler at the BO Boys Complex is the rumors that this is perhaps the final John Wick film. It is Keanu Reeves hanging it up. Of course, they're doing spinoffs, and there's the ballerina action movie with Anya Ana de Armas and her big follow-up to that Oscar nom nom nom. So that's happening, but that's not the same as John Wick Chapter 5, John Wick Chapter 6, John Wick Chapter 7. And I've got to say it right now that... Everyone is is uh, due their time to rest and to ride off into the sunset or to get on a big ice block and be pushed out to the water and and you know die a peaceful death in the in the in the sunlight. But it would be criminal box. It's a box office crime if they hang it up after this John Wick movie. They have got to continue this series with Keanu Reeves. And again, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves is due his time to just sit in a chair and to just zen out and to just eat peanuts or whatever it is he loves to do to, you know, to do ice fishing, to just scratch. You know, sometimes you want to just sit in a chair and you want to scratch for years and years and that's it. But now is not the time for the box office. They've got to keep making John Wick films. You don't increase at this percentage from one sequel to the next and then hang it up. You got to make a fifth one. You've got to squeeze it till it's dry. I mean, that that's just the, you know, this isn't an, listen, I guess there is an element of artistry to every creative pursuit and everything that you make. Right. But, Let's just be honest here with the B.O. boys, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not going to say that these are art pictures. They're not, right? This is commerce. Even though it's on the high end of commercialized film, it is still a product. And when you have a product that is continuing to improve uh, money-wise, I feel like there is a need to continue that, right? Mm-hmm. I just I feel like, yeah, obviously you don't want to do harm to the brand to the point where the older ones are no longer viable. Right. You don't want to do that. I'm not saying 
get someone to replace uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick. No, I'm saying John Wick has got to come. I want John. I want Keanu to come back and not maybe squeeze it till it's dry, but don't stop squeezing when it's still soaking wet. You know, you don't put the sponge back when it's still just filled with box office wetness. And that is what John Mm. Wick's franchise is right now. It is sopping wet and squeeze it out a little more. Squeeze out Mm -hmm. another one. You know, it's like, look at the Fast series. That series obviously peaked with part seven, box office-wise, creatively, all that. And then they made eight, and it made less than seven. Then they made nine, and it made less than eight. And they'll now be making 10 and 11, which will probably make make less than eight and nine. That is just how it's going. That is an example where they squeezed are squeezing it probably too dry, where now the sponge isn't giving you any wetness, it's giving you dust. Like that'll be where we get when we get to fast eleven. So you don't have to go there, but yeah. just give us give us one more. The box office for John Wick is going up, up, up. I say Keanu Reeves, if you're listening, again, we want you to have your time to just chill out to just sit in the rocking chair, to be at peace, to not have to do all these stunts. But I think John Wick 5, for the box office, for theatrical, I feel like they've got to figure out a way how to make that happen because this series is just too healthy right now to be put out. It's too healthy. Yeah, and and, and while we're talking about that, let's get some demos, okay? Okay, let's do it. 69% guys. 59, I'm sorry, 56 between 18 and 34 and 31% between 25 and 34. Mm -hmm. Okay. Diversity demos, 32% Caucasian, 38% Latino, 19% black, 21% Asian and other. Right. Similar Mm -hmm. to the third movie, guys over 25 were the biggest group. This time at forty eight percent, followed by women over twenty five at twenty two, which tied with guys under twenty five at the same ratio. So, th- this movie did very poorly with one demo, which was very young women. Okay, okay. But which to be expected? It's a gun which, movie and a exactly. and a karate movie. Yeah, and you can't have them all. Right, right. The diversity demos on this are spectacular. Spectacular, yes. Right. Yes. And sometimes you do need movies that over-index with guys because Mm -hmm. there will be movies, hopefully, when we're in a healthy box office situation, that over-index with women. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes movies just over-index, but these diversity demos, again, speak to why I really would love to see this franchise continue because the the movies are getting more diverse as they go along, I mean, compared to part three, the diversity demos are up in the sense that there's more Latino and Hispanic uh, uh, film goers seeing this than saw part three, 28% Latino and Hispanic this time versus 22% last time. And so Asian and other went up a lot. It's now at 21%, whereas last time it was 14%. So you've got a series which is more the longer it goes on appealing to more different uh, groups of people, which is great, which is why Mm -hmm. the box office keeps going up, 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 up. 
This is fantastic. This is exactly the type of series that you want to see. I mean, a movie that we quickly talked about at the water cooler here in the B.O. Boys Complex earlier was the James Bond series and how John Wick Chapter 4 made more money in its opening weekend than No Time to Die, which was the last James Bond film to date. Mm -hmm. John Wick is the James Bond of today. John Wick is, that's the, he's not a super spy, but he's the guy, the globetrotter who kicks ass and wears a suit that young, diverse people and young, diverse men want right now. They don't want James Bond. They want John Wick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a more reason to keep it going. Yes. Yes. And now let us... I think we have got to salute the star of this film, Keanu Reeves. This was a unprecedented star turn for someone who has been around as long as Keanu Reeves had, who has spanned so many generations, had had so many different uh, sort of box office iconic roles in his mm-hmm. career. And it is stunning to think that after having had the Matrix movies in the late 90s, that at this point, I do think Keanu Reeves' defining role is going to be John Wick. It's not going to be Neo in the Matrix. That is how big this John Wick series has gotten, that he has managed to eclipse the Matrix movies. Well, yeah, I mean, and that has a lot to do with the fact that there is one beloved matrix matrix movie and that is the first one right right and there are four beloved john wick movies right 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 i mean the quality of this franchise has been impeccable and the matrix i mean listen they were trying to do something with the matrix that the general audience has rejected Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that happens sometimes it happens yes of course nobody rejected any of these wick movies no 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 they're getting more and more beloved as it went along and an amazing statistic from uh the uh exit surveys is that 47 percent of the people who went to see john wick chapter four this weekend went because it starred keanu reeves i mean that is a stunning uh, number for a star right there is that almost half of the, the people who went went specifically solely because Keanu Reeves was the star of this movie. And yeah, that is this Keanu Reeves today is a bigger star than he has ever been in his now almost 40 year movie career, 35 year or so movie career. This is the peak of his stardom. That is I mean, incredible. It- in 2000, if you would have told me that in 2023, mm-hmm. some of the biggest stars would be Joker. Right. Jared Leto. Not no. Jared Leto. What am I no, talking no, about? No, not Jared Leto. What's going uh, on? D- yeah. Um, my brain broke for a second. Um, DiCaprio. Of course. Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I would say... Hmm. Feels like things are right with the world here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than none of them are young. None right? of them are young. Well, but you know what? They are 
more youthful than 20 year olds used to be. So a whatever age Keanu Reeves is, late 50s, is he 60? I don't know. Tom Cruise in his 60s. Leo yeah. is probably only in his 40s. He's just been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joker, of course. They, ageless. Ageless. They, they have the youthful glow that a 25-year-old movie star in the 60s, 70s, 80s used to have. So I mm-hmm. think at this point, it doesn't matter that they are older. They are as youthful as a 24-year-old Rob Lowe was in the 80s. That's just the yeah, way yeah. genetics are, are progressing, or at least the genetics of tippy-top movie stars. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, mean, I think, Keanu, again, that's why Keanu Reeves is going to have plenty of time to sit in a chair and just stare at the sky in retirement because he's going to live to 130, and he's going to look great probably till about 122. So he might as well spend his 60s making John Wick movies that are going to be giant at the box office because in his 60s, he'll look like he's in his 30s, you know? So that that's that's the case I'm trying to make to Keanu Reeves. You're going to live to 140. So just mm-hmm. make these John Wick movies in your 60s. You'll still have another 60, 70 years to sit in that rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean Tom the same thing with Tom Cruise is like and and he's not ever stopping. He's not ever stopping. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is jumping into a burning sun as his final Mission Impossible stunt. Mm-hmm. It'll be the world ending at the same time uh uh Christopher McQuarrie calls cut on whatever the last uh Mission Impossible movie is. Yeah. So, It'll be yeah. the first movie that the the surviving civilization gets to see. Yes, yes, that'll be the that'll be the sort of impetus to survive the explosion of the sun is you'll get to see Mission Impossible, you know, 28 and see that awesome stunt where Tom Cruise does a motorcycle flip into the burning sun. And, you know, the those people, those survivors might look at it as the Bible or, uh, you know, in him as the, you know, a God. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. So in the meantime, we've got a long time before we get to the sun explosion uh, stunt in Mission Impossible, but this was an incredible opening for John Wick. This was so heartening. You know, I'm not even going to say so heartening for the box office. The box office is completely it's back. It's completely healthy, and it's just time to to build more and more PLFs because then you could get a $73 million opening for John Wick four could have been a hundred million dollars. So yeah, that is, that is the, I think the a number one mission on the plate of anyone who wakes up in Hollywood today is how do we create more PLF auditoriums? We got standard size auditoriums and turn those into PLFs. We find abandoned office buildings. We turn those into IMAXs. Whatever it is you have to do, abandoned hospitals. Places listen, the movie theaters are places of worship. So yeah. It's just a different kind. It's just, you know, or a forty X showing of Dungeons and Dragons as opposed to a, you know, Catholic mass. And here's my thing with churches. It's all the same. It's all the same. Here's your thing with churches. All right. Just say up top, 
I have nothing to do with what is said next. And now tell us what your thing is with churches. Well, what I'm listen, what I'm saying is that they are buildings where one thing happens very infrequently, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mass. Mm-hmm. So you can still have mass. You can still have mass at the regular times, right? right. And then the rest of the time, you got IMAX movies. Like, mm. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that God can share a space with these bright stars. Yes, yes. These bright that's stars not, that they, whoever God may be, created, right? Right. Right. I mean, if you believe that God created man, uh, man is in the, you know, group man, woman, humankind, people, yeah. humankind, then they also created, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves and Joker and yes. Tom Cruise. Yes. And Jared yeah. Leto, because you know what? Jared, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Yes. 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 So, so that is a great idea. That is true. IMAX movies take place at scheduled times, so you just don't schedule your showing of Avatar Way of Water for Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You know, the IMAX screenings start on Sundays after 1 p.m., something like yeah. that. Yeah, and listen, so you're and that's a priest. Fine. And that's fine. You're a priest, and you feel like, oh, man, I'm not feeling like doing mass today. Uh-huh. So you got an IMAX screen. You just mm. throw on a Chosen episode. Right. right, right. Or you put on Jesus Revolution and you're set. You kick your feet up. Right, you, right. You take a little drink from the right. chalice if that's right. appropriate. It's and it's like when your history chill. teacher used to just show you an episode of the, the Civil War documentary because they didn't feel like teaching that day. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. once in a while, I think that's okay. You got the backup plan right there instead of pulling out the TV on the cart right? And putting the VHS in and right. can everybody in the back see, right? It's like now you got a big IMAX screen and set it and forget it. Yes. That's great. And also if you're a priest or a rabbi or, you know, whatever this house of worship is and you got nothing else to do during the day, go in the projectionist booth. You know, get the, learn how to use that equipment. Go in the projectionist booth. And after your mass is done, boom, you're running projection on a showing of John Wick Chapter 4. And John oh, Wick Chapter 4, income. because of your church, it's second income for you. John Wick Chapter 4 is opening at 90 to 100 million instead of 73.5. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. So that is a, yeah, that is a great suggestion. Houses of Worship being turned into premium screens and IMAXs. It and just makes maybe, too much sense not to happen. And listen, I'm not going to get into this sort of situation here, but like the taxation situation, I mean, churches don't really get taxed, right? Oh, uh, okay. So, well, yeah, I, I, that, I don't know how that works, but yeah, if, if, if John Wick chapter four could, could add a couple of extra non-taxable dollars to its, to its kitty, then, you know, maybe that'll be what sways Keanu Reeves to come back for five. Obviously, he seems very at peace. He seems very chill. I don't know if money is going to be what brings him back. But either way, that is a possible solution to this not enough PLFs uh, problem. So 
I think for right now, we've really covered everything there is to cover on this opening weekend of John Wick Chapter 4. I mean, the big takeaway is this is gigantic. This is huge. Biggest in the series. Huge win for Lionsgate as a studio. This is really going to set them up to continue and maybe we'll get some more Saw movies and maybe they will release some cool original movies from original scripts that they may have bought in the last few years. Hopefully Lionsgate does that. So Mm -hmm. anything else we should say about John Wick chapter four, or do you think we're good till next week? I think we're good till next week. I think we're pretty good. Otherwise the Mm -hmm. one thing I would want to mention. Okay. Is Avatar the way of water, Mm. which is at number 10. Mm-hmm. This will probably be its last weekend in the top 10. Okay. Because it is going to PVOD. Mm. And it has gotten to the point where it has grossed $680.4 million wow. in 15 weekends. Mm. And let's see just for old time's sake, where that is on the all-time domestic. Okay. Okay, yeah, let's see how far it's gone. So it didn't end up getting to the $700 million, which off the top of my head, that is Black Panther 1 territory. I think Black Panther 1 got to 701 or 702 domestic. So Avatar is going to be falling short of that. So I'm guessing... It's what, like sixth or so all time nestled in there with Titanic. I'm not looking at the numbers. I'll let you look that up and tell me. But it, it am, is am I correct? seventh. Okay. And it went over Titanic, which is at yep. nine. And it snuggled between Avengers Infinity War, which had 678.8. Okay. And Black Panther, which had 700, as you said. So Avengers Infinity War was eight. Avatar is seven. And Black Panther is six. And then, of course, Maverick still top five. Wow. Wow. But that's just, I mean, that's just domestic. Worldwide, this thing is at the, not at the peak, but very, very close to the peak. Wow. So it is currently sitting at number three right next to its beloved Titanic. Wow. And wow. 400 million plus under Endgame. So it's not going to reach Endgame. Yet. But yet. I mean, that's the thing. Re-releases. Right. Uh, I don't know if an Avengers Endgame re-release would do anything. But if we're having five Avatar movies, you know, I guess what would that be? We'd three more Avatar three movies more. after yeah, this yeah. one. There's going to be a lot of re-releases. Yep, yep, yep. So, so this thing could make that money in the next 10 years. Yep. So congratulations, Avatar Way of Water, if this is indeed your last weekend in the domestic top 10. Though, you know what? We'll talk about that on the preview episode. I don't think it's a sure thing that it will be kicked out of the top 10 next weekend. Okay. We'll, we'll discuss on the preview episode. And very last thing about this opening weekend box office Let us just note the opening weekend of Zach Braff's newest directorial effort starring his ex Florence Pugh, a good person open to $834,000 in 12th place at the box office for an average of $1,500 per screen. So 
Well, Pat, you know. here I'm looking at, yeah, 530. Yeah. So, you know, she was promoting this. She yeah. promoted this movie more than she promoted that last movie she did. More than Don't Worry, Darling. Yes. Yes. And good on her. She seems like a good, loyal person. And that is the kind of person who will succeed in Hollywood. As much as everybody says, you got to be an SOB or right. you got to be a B-I-T-C-H. That is not the case. The yeah. case is be nice to people, be a good person, and you will go far. Yes, yes. Be a good person, but don't star in Zach Braff's film entitled A Good Person. That's the that's one I of the lessons of Hollywood. She can obviously I, even saying survive this is oh, is hyperbolic. This movie but does she, not exist. No one will yeah. remember this. This is not a discredit against. But Florence I think Pugh this is she's at the point in her career where this looks quaint and nice as opposed to oh no she's in trouble. Oh, yeah, which. Yeah, which is happening to uh, uh, McCarthy, who continues to do movies written by her husband, right? Melissa, now, not Jenny. You Melissa, mean. not Jenny. Melissa McCarthy, yes. Although I think Jenny McCarthy did do a movie written by her husband. What, what, didn't she? I, I think she did, yeah. And and uh, it probably was about as bad as all the Melissa McCarthy movies that – Ben Falcone has written and directed. So we're we're getting a little off topic, I guess. No, basically. we're not off topic. We're using a comp, which is, you know, Melissa McCarthy's bad decisions. Florence Pugh made one bad decision here, mm. and she's not going to continue to make this decision. Right, right. Very true. All right. So, Clayton, I think that is all for this week. So, yeah. everyone, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. We love reading them on our weekend preview episode. So, email us, the Podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. Wanna be a intern? Christopher is killing it with the video clips and the audiograms on Twitter. So, follow us there at the Pod. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. You could be watching us right now on YouTube. So search for the BO boys on YouTube and smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, both very important. Also give us five stars on Apple podcasts. These five star reviews help more people find the show. So give us a five star review on Apple podcasts and Clayton, one thing while we're on the air, right before we sign off, I just want to uh, let you know, I uh, my mom reached out to me the other day, uh, which we talk a lot. It's not like that's a big surprise, you know. Yeah, that's not the surprise. Family. But she told me there's like a, this this box that she found. Um, it's like this shoe box that I'm shaking it now. If you're on the YouTube channel, you could see me shaking a box. She found an old box. Okay. That is marked the B.O. Boys. And it was huh. in like mixed in with like old family stuff. I guess it was a, a box that I, I haven't looked at in a long time. So it's a box marked the B.O. Boys. So just letting you know, I'm going to open this box this week and I'll, I'll let, you know, go through this. Yeah, I wonder what mark. that could be. Yeah. So a box marked the B.O. Boys. And uh, yeah, that's all. Just just let you know. So, oh, cool. 
All right. Well, yeah, let us know on the Thursday preview what was in the box. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, between now and then, hopefully, I'll have time to open this box. That's Mark B.O. Boys. So, uh, yeah, so, so that's that. So, Clayton, I think we did it. We definitely did do it, and I don't think there's anything left to say, Pat, except no. for until next time. We'll smell you at the